And welcome back to another episode of Sweet Shots Podcast. Lucas Johnson alongside Mark Johnson and Chuck Johnson. Episode 14. Um, whole 14, if you will, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Structure like that. So in my mind, it kind of feels like a uh, it's a gettable par five. And I think a, a large portion of that, we feel confident with it because the guest we have here today, Mr. Josh Persons, Fargo native. Welcome on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, welcome, welcome into our very official studio <laughs> here at St. Andrews and Sweet Shots. I love that gettable par five concept. It's a gettable like par we five. We are making birdie for sure, mm-hmm. and there's a chance of eagle because this this is a great guest today. It well, is, and it's like you you look at you know how a golf course is structured. There's some holes that you just know. Okay, take your par and move on. You know, a couple episodes ago, we just take our power and move on. We're going to get through I it. was just going to ask, how'd the first 13 holes go? <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Yeah, not bad. Solid. You may, you may want to get yourself in a PGA Tour event next week after being <laughs> Yeah. We're one for one. Hoagie <laughs> came on the show, and he won the next week. That's right. Okay. So, actually, I was going to jump into that, but we'll talk okay. about it. Because that, that stat has slightly tweaked. But it's still, we're still 100%. We're 100%, and you come on the show... And it's a top three finish on the PGA Tour. At least a top yeah, three finish. at least. He, in two events. That's what I'm saying. We're 100% nice. in two events for a top three finish. <laughs> yep. So, we'll help you pick pick an event. We'll help you get there. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> I'll do airfare. <laughs> we, get, we get a cut. We just got to get him we there. We get a cut. We just got to <clears> get him <throat> there. Of course, he'd have to get back his amateur status. Can you do that more than once? (laughs) (laughs) How many times, like, where's the line? How many times you jump back and forth? So I guess we're kind of alluding to it. Josh, you're Fargo native, uh, Fargo South, correct? North. North. Oh, I just (laughs) I even knew that. That was bad. Okay, Fargo North, we're Spartan here. Yeah. Uh, We've had so many Fargo South guys on, I thought that was just a a trend. Between Booty and Hoagie. No, that's out of the tracks. That's Speak the, to that, Josh. Tell tell us about your Fargo North experience. I mean, the wrong side of the tracks. That's a good term for it. You know, the maybe there's just a little bit more success on the south side. We call them the privileged kids mm-hmm. when we were growing up. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, we we definitely had our little banter back and forth about the north and the south side. We didn't have Davies when I was mm-hmm. there, so Davies wasn't included in that. In that battle, but it was always north south. So, what year did did you graduate from? Oh uh, two, oh two. Okay, yes. so you had Coach Callahan, Ray. Yes, Ray is your uh, golf coach. Coach, how were your teams back then? At- <clears throat> we had some solid teams. We we never did win a state title mm-hmm. um, for our team, but we had some solid teams. South was a powerhouse. They were tough to beat. I mean, I yeah. I think my junior year, so it would be most of those guys. I think the whole team went and played Division One golf somewhere. Yeah. So we had some an uphill battle there. So name some of those guys that you were competing with. I mean, put it in uh, perspective. Brandon Askew, Dave Schultz, Kane mm-hmm. Hansen. I mean, they, they all ended up going someplace. Some of the top colleges in the country. Aaron Anderson went to Illinois. I That's mean, right. Wow. There was uh, quite the contingent over there. Kennedy had it made. Simple. <laughs> yeah. Coach Kennedy. Show up, we right? just, Yeah. He had a free promotion to NDSU. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. That, that, those, those, some of those names you mentioned are, were fantastic. <clears throat> uh, so we had gone down the path of individual state titles in North Dakota high school. Do you own one of those? 
Are you an individual champion? I did get one my junior year of high school. Wow. Yes. Where was that at? Congratulations. Minot. Well, what's it called? Sears Valley? No, or? it's Minot Country Club when I was playing. Now I think it? it's called uh, the Varden. It's not the, Var- the yeah, Varden. Yeah, Varden. Club. Yes. So it was held both days at that one golf course? Correct. Move it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Remember our- what you shot? How low would you go there? Not very. Um, uh, that place can be a little tricky. And Dakota's think- tour guys go crazy nuts. but Yes. and. We've always done pretty good there. You know, I played the Dakotas Tour, so I had some little experience there playing. And we did do pretty well there, but now there's no trees. My understanding is it's kind of just bombing up there, and you're pretty close to the green on most of those holes. So I don't know. I haven't played it since it became the Varden Club. So and and what do you recall from that? Did you did you win going away or was it tight or no? No, I'm I I had to earn it. I had to make a par on the last hole, which doesn't seem very hard to do. It's a, I think it's a relatively short par five, but didn't hit a very good tee ball. Had quite a long ways in for my third shot to that tiny little green there that was giving everybody fits. And in the day they, or back in the day, they had a big pine tree that protected the whole green. Yeah. I don't know if it's still there or not. Um, and I was able to maneuver my way around, just make a par, survive. Wow. <laughs> Remember who was runner up? uh i don't i love this stuff though he can recall shots that's from 20 it's all yeah. these uh, golfers we just we can recall shots yes 20 years later it's amazing like, not like it was yesterday but right. you, you remember I, I remember that maybe it was kane i don't i'm not sure who, okay. who was close but yeah i i do remember feeling the stresses and and some of the worries that were going through my head that's for sure was that your biggest win to date Junior in high school, winning the state title, or had you won some other regional stuff before that? Um, no, because I think I think that was I think the summer after my junior year, and then throughout my senior year and after my senior year of high school is when I started winning golf, winning more golf tournaments. And was that because you started growing? I have a picture, <clears throat> you and David Schultz, and I think it might be Aaron Anderson's in that picture from the Junior All City. I forget what what year that was. Um, it was uh, 96 matter of fact, mm-hmm. and you're pretty small. I was a very little guy. Um, <laughs> it's hard to believe <laughs> uh, until I got older. It, I, I always say this and I remember getting my driver's license and I'll never forget what it said on there. Um, I was five foot three, 117 pounds. Wow. When I got my driver's <laughs> license, that's when you're 10, 14 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then based on a basketball program, I can tell you how tall I was at, at kind of those ages. Like I was yeah. a sophomore, I was only five foot nine and then kind of shot up after my sophomore year. So yeah, I was kind of a late bloomer. So you're, you're right on there. And was that just noticeable then all of a sudden you just started adding, you came out one spring <clears throat> and you're 30 yards longer than you were? Yeah, just it, just, it just added power, right? I always had to, re- I didn't hit it anywhere when I was a kid because I was only four feet tall. Yeah. So um, that stuff just kind of came with size and strength. Yep. And you grew up playing Edgewood? Edgewood, yes. Dave yeah. Kingsrude? Dave Kingsrude. Barb was always there in the pro shop. Yeah. A lot of those guys. I mean, I can I can name a lot of the guys that worked there. Darren Uselman from back in the day. He oh, was yeah. at Shanley. Yeah, I played um, with Darren. Yeah, really yep. good player. Yep. I mean, yep. you know, all the North guys were up there. Lackaduck was one of them. I played a lot with those guys. Uh, the list is quite long from the old Edgewood. And then the Rat Pack that always hung around up there. I remember those guys. So, 
And so your golf swing, it's, it's fantastic. <clears throat> Hopefully we can throw some video on of his golf swing, uh, in production, but, um, is that self-made or did you have an instructor? How'd you, how'd you come up with your move? Um, a lot of hours with John Dahl. Yeah. Um, he, he told me the realities of, of what was going on. And I had to learn a lot from him because it was self-made for a while. And then, um, he kind of got a hold of me and, and we worked really hard at that. Not to say that it's perfect. I have plenty of flaws in mind, but, uh, there was a lot of things that I worked to improve on there, but he, uh, definitely didn't sugarcoat anything with me. So that was always good. A little tough love from him. It's kind of his trademark, right? Yeah. That's a tough love. John Dahl, <laughs> tough love. I mean, I remember I had a couple lessons going to him when Mark and I couldn't work together anymore. <laughs> sort of the parent-child oh. relationship, how that works. No, I had the wisdom to know, you know what, let's go get this kid some tough love. <laughs> yeah. I've candy-coated right. it long enough. Yeah. Let's send him out to John. <laughs> so we go out there, and the, I remember the first one was – uh, I think the first lesson, like I needed to be, have a stronger grip, tighter mm -hmm. grip. So he walked me over to his golf cart and had me take like little quarter swings and absolutely bash the front tire of his golf cart. Yep. Just mm -hmm. repeatedly as hard as I could for as long as I could for, I mean, I don't know, three sets or whatever he called it. And then I'd go hit, hit shots with keeping my grip nice and strong. And his hand strength is second to none. Really? He's it's got a heck of a. Yeah, he does he? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, follow that. We won't <clears throat> dive into it too much, but some of John's methods, you know, some of the, his examples, what he had you do, um, were different. But he 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 really did connect with his students. Like this is where you need what you need to do and where you need to get to get to that next level or perform the shot. Mm -hmm. Do you recall something specific that that he did with you that were like was like really I need to I need to be doing this or to get to this level, I got to, I got to do what? Oh, I mean, I think it's endless things, but <clears throat> he used very unique ways beating on a tire, um, to get you to understand, uh, what he was trying to tell you. And, <clears throat> uh, the biggest thing we always talked about is the noise. You can hear it when you're contact. Yes. Mm -hmm. It has to come out of the center and you have to know where that face is pointed. If you don't have control of the face, you don't stand a chance in this game. So I think he, I think he beat that and grained that into me so hard that that's something I always, I always fall back to is if it's the right noise, the right feel, and you're hitting it out of the center of the face, the ball just takes off on a line and it doesn't go anywhere other than where you want it to. Mm. So Centered contact. Simple. Yeah. I love it. It's really an easy that. game when you think about it. <laughs> no, it's not. Centered contact. Not. Centered contact. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so back to a timeline. Okay, so we win the state title junior year. When did you – what was your college um, searching out schools to play play at and for – How can you just walk us through that? Because I know there's kids out there that aspire to play college golf, and we've – we have a great track record in this community of sending kids on to play. And it just, it doesn't have to be division one. Um, there's a lot of great opportunities for kids to play golf and have that experience. But can you just walk us through what that was like for you choosing a school and, and that process, how you got to where you did? Yeah. I mean, you're pretty naive when you're a kid and uh, I will say this to absolutely everybody. Um, you know, Fargo's great at providing access to golf, the golf courses. Um, whether it's the public courses, the private courses, 
Um, and that's a big thing that I believe in is just access for kids, right? So I had access. My parents were good about making sure that I had access to play. And <clears throat> I was able to get into a couple national national tournaments from like my freshman year on and go play. So and played well. I didn't win any of them, but I always kind of finished pretty high. And that started opening doors and you get letters from coaches. Um, and this is where the naivety comes in, uh, comes into play. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know what to do with them. Uh, so I wish I could explain that to kids now that it is important to respond to those things. It's, re it's important to respond to those coaches when they are reaching out to you and when they can reach out to you, that you, that you ha engage in those conversations with them. So once those doors started opening, I started playing better and better and the opportunities just kind of came. Uh, but you don't know what you're getting into. You go on a couple college visits. They show you around campus for a weekend. It's not like you're going to class with guys, right? Um, so they show you the cool things, the golf course, you know, what campus lake is life off of campus, uh, for lack of a better term. And you kind of got to make a quick decision on yeah. if you like the coach and the guys that you that you met there. Uh, so that's tough. It, it really is hard to get to know what you're interested in as far as academics and all that stuff but it's a process and you got to enjoy it while you can and it's kind of just a gut instinct on on what you think is going to be best for you because you and you 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 chose where'd you, where'd you go i went originally? to kansas state first for two Can years kansas state okay. originally yep and and kansas state that's where coach Kleiman's at he is yep, right yes so uh, i nice north dakota ties there yeah. Yeah, yeah um and that community as i understand is that similar to fargo yeah, it's a small college. Well, so when I was there, I think campus was about 20,000 kids, but the town was only 40 or 45,000. Okay. Oh, wow. So pretty, pretty small, actually, probably, what is that, half the size of what Fargo was at that time? Okay. And success those first couple of years? And yeah. Why, and then what led to the transfer, which had been a little more difficult <clears throat> than now, because now there's just a transfer portal and you or it, how, what was that like? It was it, it wasn't easy. Uh, coach didn't want me to leave at that time. I I did play both those years. I had a little bit of success. Um, I had more success in the summer playing in the USAM and a few other tournaments, and um, just some personal reasons. I moved back to you know closer to home. Uh, Minnesota kind of was my. I really didn't know what I was going to do. I was leaving Kansas State. A lot of my teammates were leaving. They were all two years older than me. So it was a new group. And I just I just kind of decided it was time for me to move on to a different place. Um, moved on to Minnesota and had a great experience there, too. Uh, we had a really good team. Uh, Who was coaching at that time? Was it Means or was it nope, after Brad Means? James. Brad James. Means, okay. Means was his last year coaching was my senior year of high school, I think. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, Brad James from Australia, right? Yes, correct. He runs AIS over there, which is their big Australia Institute of Sport, where basically all their phenom sports people go. He runs kind of the whole thing, so it's not just golf over there anymore. Wow. Um, okay. A lot of the bigger players have gone through that AIS stuff. Okay, and so, Gophers, where in the national championship? I'm not up on my – I choose <clears throat> not to be up on my Gopher sports. Uh, sorry. But where were you? Because they won a national title. They did. They had a unique situation. They cut the program where they were going to my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. And they ended up winning the national title that year, which wow. saved the really? program. Wow. <clears throat> the boosters came in and stepped up and saved the program. 
And then when I transferred back, uh, we didn't make it to nationals my junior year, but my senior year, we finished third. We had a pretty good run. Wow. Nice. Yeah, so that's I'd really say. cool. Was Van Ruin in it, or is he? He's quite a bit younger. Is he? Okay. I'm okay. an old soul. Okay. All right. All right. You look, <laughs> you look young. Guys. All right. Okay. What's is, that fraternity like? I mean, do you still stay in contact with the program and guys you played with from the Gophers? Or? You know, the coach there now is Justin Smith. He was mm-hmm. in just in his extra semester finishing up his degree when I came in there. So if I would have went there from high school, we would have been teammates. But I know him well. Um you know, I keep keep in touch, like just kind of know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then I do keep in touch with some of the guys that were on the team. Not a ton. Some some of them are back in Australia. We had a couple. Mm-hmm. We always had a couple foreign kids on the team. Uh, a couple back in Ireland. But every now and then we exchange emails or something like that. So in the local kids, obviously there's a contingent of Minnesota kids that I still talk to. Sure. <clears throat> so what do you think? So I'm I'm still involved in North Dakota Open, mm-hmm. and each year the Gophers come up and play. It's kind of a it's a mini let's get together before the season start and play, um, get a little stroke play before college starts. We bison use it as a qualifier. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's home cooking where the bison are on their own golf course, but you're in, you're out. They seem pretty comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, do you th- speak to that a little bit? Is that how narrow the gap is between programs or is it a little home cooking? Maybe the advantage. I know the Gophers, for whatever reason, won't give Coach Kennedy and the, and the Bison opportunity to come down and play in their They do now. This will be the first year. Oh, they are coming down they're, to play? I don't know if they're going to Minnesota's invite, but they're playing in either one or two events together, um, in, in large part due to Nate DeZeal, who was on the show earlier a couple episodes ago because he won conference last year, opened up the doors for NDSU a little bit, which, right, rightfully so. They've got a great team, so... I, they are going to be playing Minnesota now, but you're. I put you in a point. tough spot, but no. what do you think that gap is between <clears throat> the player? I mean, the Bison, these city kids that have come up here, and there's some local guys too. Um, started with, kind of with Andrew Israelson and, and Van Holmgren. Lucas, you were part of that trend. That's a pretty salty group that they got together. Absolutely. And I think that's where you're seeing, you know, the elevated play of NDSU has come up. Tons with you guys, right? You guys yeah, had some good squads. Kind of started to your point. It started <clears throat> with with Andrew, and it was kind of that trend of, I think, three or four of us where U of M was in the mix as well, and then they passed on us. And I think Kennedy did a great job of mm-hmm. explaining, you know, how similar. So but. the gap's getting tighter. I mean, better players. I mean, just more of them, right? Yeah. And then, um, you guys are succeeding, and the, you get the opportunity. It's it's you know we. In college, it's weird. The the top teams want to always play against each other because if they get beat by teams that aren't ranked in the top, it really hurts going to regionals and nationals and all that stuff. So they try to keep it a tight-knit group there. And now that you know NDSU is having tons of success and kids are coming out of there and winning and doing great in summer tournaments, you're going to start to see more and more of those invites. NDSU is going to be involved in a lot more of that stuff. So Yeah, it's fun to see. And I know we had... I mean, I came right into it freshman year. We won conference, um, and that was very satisfying to be able to. That's kind of when we started talking about it. You know, hey, we can go play. I think Minnesota was always kind of that next tier up for us, being Big Ten, seeing the schools that they're playing with, um, and then getting to play with them at North Dakota Open. It was always kind of a benchmark for us. Um, and so now I'm, I'm really excited for for the guys moving forward here this year to be able to to give it a try. But to your point, it is whether it's just more good players coming out of it or 
more uh, opportunities too. Like it's it's pretty fun to to watch. It, it leaves for some good golf. Right. All right. So timeline. I'm is as great as your amateur career was and is again <laughs> <laughs> professionally. Mm-hmm. How did you turn professional right after college? And talk us through where'd you play, what tour, um, levels of success, things like that. So I had an extra semester of school. I stayed and graduated in December. And then I went straight down to California and caddied hmm. for, um, I don't know, six months till summer hit. And then... For a buddy? Or who did you caddy No, for? just club caddy, making oh, money. At a golf course. Yeah, I like that. Mm, you guys got That's something where I started. Yeah. yeah, for Boothy at Fargo Country Club. Yeah. That was my first gig. So it's... I mean, just staying around the game, right? I, it's it's an expensive habit to try to go play golf, and and I just wanted to stay involved in it. I wanted a shot at it, to see what I could do. Um, caddied for a while, um, had some help. Some people got me started, which is can't thank them enough for that. And then, kind of took off from there. I didn't have a great success as far as making a bunch of money my first year playing the Dakotas Tour, but. Through Q school, I made it through a couple stages. I made it through pre-qualifying, made it through first stage, and it was only a couple shots out of getting final stage. So wow. that kind of gave me some confidence right out of the gates. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, I would go back and caddy in the winter. And then... Um, Are you practicing at that time too? Yeah. Obviously. I mean, I mean you're caddying, you're practicing. You, you're loop, in the, loop in the morning, play in the afternoon. Yeah. Pretty much every day. Gig. It's like Groundhog That's Day. That's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it just kind of got better and better. And then... And then I had a couple good years on the Dakotas tour where I did make a little bit more money. I started winning out there. You know, that kind of breeds into your confidence. And then I started branching off, playing the Gateway Tour down in Arizona. So I wasn't caddying in the winters anymore. I was playing all year. Um, and then towards the end, I got in the PGA kind of program, which is, you know, I played in Canada for a couple of years and I won up there, which got me. I always struggled getting to final stage of Q school. Mm couldn't get through that second stage um i had some success get through first stage but second stage was always tough for me and that win in canada catapulted me to final stage Hmm. so ended up getting status uh at that time on the web.com now the corn ferry tour Mm -hmm. and just that was kind of my last year i didn't have a very good year out there and i would have had to restart go all the way back down to the bottom and decided to pack it in but that was that short story is over eight years. So wow. I played for so, eight years. And that's oh, wow. where in Canada did you win? Uh, Victoria, British Columbia. So okay. east of, or excuse me, west of Seattle. West of, oh, west of Vancouver, out west of Seattle, out and on the island. What year was that? Roughly? 2014. 14. Okay. Yeah. So you found yourself then the next year, you're, <clears throat> you're, you're on the web.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I swear I was watching final round of a web.com and were you paired with, was it Dave Schultz? No, no Hoagie. Was, it was Hoagie. You and yeah. Hoagie are paired together. Like it was, final uh, group? That was around the same time. And I, I'm going, so we're talking about time. My timeline circulates around the bag room wall of fame at Fargo <laughs> Country Club. There was a couple of times where it was just like, here's an article from Tom Hoagie. Here's an article from Josh Persons. Here's an mm-hmm. article from Tom Hoagie, Josh Persons, you know. That's so cool. That was kind of the you guys were paired together in the final the timeline. Yeah, so that was before I had status um, on the web.com. That was well, I think I was playing in Canada, or maybe even the year before. 
I think it was the year before I played in Canada. So this might have been 2012-ish, mm-hmm. 2011. Um, I Monday qualified in. He had status, so he was out there every week. I Monday qualified in, and it was um, at TPC Potomac or TPC Avenue down in D.C., yeah. and that was basically my home course. I played there every day because my sponsor was Dick McCann was out in, in D.C., and and I spent months there every year, and that's where I'd go practice and play every day. And our our head pro at the time is a Fargo guy, Jay, Jay Duffy. Duffy. Oh my goodness! So Jay there's Jay a lot of Duffy. connections there. And I you know, I just happened to qualify and get in that week and played well. I did. I, I played very well for three days, and kind of had a similar final round like Colin Morikawa. I think I had a three <laughs> or four shot lead going in the last day and. Shot like seventy six or seventy seven. That's mm-hmm. golf, right? I mean, so it's yeah, fortunate timing, but that's, <clears throat> that's golf. I, I mean, mean, would that have been life changing to win that event? Is that totally? Like, um, yeah. And I had mm-hmm. some opportunities like that. Unfortunately, I just didn't capitalize. Whether it was the last round or just didn't win, um, and that could have totally changed my career path. But hey, I sucked it up and kept trying to win. And and that year, unfortunately for me, that was late in the season. Uh, so it also, it got me in the next event. I finished high again and it got me in the next event and I finished like 30th or 40th or something like that. And I was out of tournaments. It was the last three events of the year and I didn't make enough money to get back on the tour the next year. So timing. And that's, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on because, um, you know, we talk a lot about whether it's PGA tour and the success these guys are having or the potential for life changing. Um, and I think some of the best golf, call it drama, news, whatever, is this life-changing stuff that happens on the mini tours. And you said that short story that you talked about was over the course of eight years. Correct. I mean, as you're, you're a professional golfer and people automatically think PGA Tour millions of dollars, but the real story behind it, and you can talk to it a little bit, but <laughs> is it's a grind. I mean, between travel, costs, Tournament entries alone, right? I mean, it's it's a full on grind. Motel sixes, <laughs> driving all over the country. Yeah, no, um, <clears throat> it's definitely not as glamorous till you get to the top levels. But I mean, that's part of the gig, right? You got to make sacrifices and everything if you if you want to make it in that industry, whether that's your job or golfing or football or basketball. Um, that was just part of the gig. And when you're young, you don't know any better. Life is great when you're kind of on the road traveling, having a good time, and playing golf for a living. So, yeah, it wow. could be a lot where you're playing golf for a yeah, living. Right. So that's Did you have a regular caddy or was it week to week? No, there? I had a week to week. My yeah. schedule was so all over the place. And then the expense of having a regular caddy was not in my budget at the time. So, okay. I just kind of got a local guy every week. Okay. Huh. Um, I have a lot of <clears throat> questions. And we, unfortunately, we don't have. Love to sit here all day and talk, right. but we got other things we have to do too. Mm-hmm. With our guest here today. But um, how many opens did you play in? U.S. Opens. One. One open. One. At Chambers Bay. Yep. And wow. that was the baked out open, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they lost the greens. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. That eight. was a tough deal. What year would that have been? 15. Okay. 15. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so were you still actively playing professionally or had you taken some time away and qualified? Talk us through the U.S. Open experience. So, no, that was my year on the web.com tour. Okay. Interesting story on how that, you know, I wasn't having a very good year. I didn't know my schedule that well. But again, I go back to D.C. to qualify. I actually leave Dallas tournament uh, 
make the cut, finish at whatever time. And I get into DC at one o'clock in the morning and I got to tee off at seven, 36 whole days, longest day in golf. And it's 150 degrees. It feels like, (laughs) so I'm on no sleep and I just go play. And it's a course I've played a few times. It's Woodmont right there in DC. Um, played well. I, I mean, I, I played great, um, the whole day kind of out of nowhere and I missed about a four footer, I think on the last hole to get in outright. Mm-hmm. So I go into a playoff and the playoff, I think we get in four or five holes of a playoff before it gets dark. Uh, yeah. This is a 36 hole day. So yeah, this so is hole now, 40. Now I'm on hole 40 <clears throat> and it gets dark. So they call it. And ugh, this, this kid, keeps making a 15 to 20 footer for par on every hole just to keep (laughs) in and uh lo and behold i end up losing on about the eighth or ninth playoff hole i lose he makes birdie and i I make par um so i think my chances are done well turns out how they do the whole ranking thing is it goes by strength of your uh Mm -hmm. field at your qualifier well the one i was at was one of the highest strengths of field with the least amount of exemptions. So I'm like first alternate of all people in the U S open. And, you know, it's only like a week or two after the qualifier. And I am, um, I don't even remember where I was playing and I'm, you know, looking to see, they save like three spots for people that move into the top 40 or 60. There's an exemption category there for world ranking and Matt Jones has to finish solo second in the event uh, to move into the top 40. And he's in and he takes the final spot and I get bumped out. Well, I'm thinking I got a plane booked to go to the U.S. Open Chambers Bay and and I'm getting on the plane and he like just makes an eagle to go (laughs) T1. (laughs) And I'm like, oh. Well, lo and behold, he finishes solo third. Oh, my goodness. And I find out I'm sitting in the airport watching this whole thing unravel uh, on the airplane, watching as much as I can, texting people, buying the Wi-Fi, you know, so I can see this going on. (laughs) Um, If there's ever reason to buy the Wi-Fi. Yeah, and I get get all the way to Seattle, and I'm just sitting in the airport. They won't give me my courtesy car or tell me I'm in the field till it's official. Which takes about six hours. So I just sit there at the courtesy oh stand gosh, for a Lexus, no right? Way. To get my Lexus and drive to the to the course. Uh so that that was my interesting story about how I got in. I was the last man in the field at the US Open. Oh wow. Wow. That's what an experience. Yeah. So That's you're out there did, and, and Tom was in the field. Tom right? was there. Yep. Did you guys play practice round together? Yeah. Or okay. We played a couple of days together when when he was there. How weird is that that I mean you guys both grew up in Fargo, obviously. Um did you guys know did you play much with him when he was a kid? I mean, uh, I'm how quite comfortable with Yeah, what's the age difference yeah. between you guys? What's Hoagie, 32? 33, I He think. might have told us when he was here. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, I feel pretty confident 33. Fargo was 2006, and he was a sophomore <clears throat> in high school, so he was probably 16. Obviously, yeah. I knew who he was, but, you know, when I'm a senior in high school, 18, he's only 12 or 13. Yeah, yeah right. So, yeah. I mean, I see him out the golf course playing, and we play occasionally just dinking around, but. Nothing. We were so far difference in age, but you know, I, I saw him in Canada one year when I was up there. Um, 
we played together on the web once or twice. Uh, and then when our paths crossed, like schedules crossed, yeah, we'd play it on practice round here and there, which happened to be at the U.S. Open as well. And at that time, was uh, John his teacher as well? So you had that in common? Yeah. Probably. Yep. So you'd mm -hmm. probably be kept up to speed through John, what Tom was up mm -hmm. to and vice versa. But yeah. uh, so that experience at the Open, so I, and I don't remember what you shot, but you, how close to making the cut were you? Not close at all. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, Mark. Jeez. <laughs> I can ask the question. Mark's just on a roll yeah, with right. guests where he's like, he question, question, what, and then he gets one where yeah, the guy's just like, I'm, I'm done. What areas of your game were defi deficient? The setup was was brutal. It's an open, right? They lost the greens. It's baked. You got yeah, every the, excuse in the world. It just... It, you know, the fairways were fine. They, they looked brown. They were, they were great. It's just the greens, the grass on the greens wasn't meant for what they were trying to do. It's that, uh, uh, fescue grass. Fescue, right. And yeah. when they mowed it too short, it all died. So it turned into sand basically. And then yeah. chunks of Poana, the greens just weren't quite. If, if you remember, I remember watching that tournament on T and they'd show, they weren't shying away from it at all on TV. I mean, you'd see that really? ball just, yeah. it was Plinko. Who, who won it that year? That was, Jordan Jordan Spieth. Oh, that was Jordan Spieth. That was Dustin Johnson have a lead. So I I said this watching it live. I had already got out of there. I missed the cut. Mm -hmm. We're watching it with a, a buddy, and <clears throat> he hits it on eighteen, about ten feet above the hole. For, DJ or for eagle? DJ does. Okay, that's right. If he yes. makes this eagle putt, he wins outright. Yeah. And I go, well, here's the thing: that putt is not fun. If he makes, uh, obviously, he's either going to make this. Yeah. Or he's going to three putt. Yeah. And he hit it like two feet past the hole and missed a comebacker. No. So it didn't even get in a playoff. Ugh. And it was, I, it was so fast and bumpy and yeah. you got a two footer to win, tie the open. I mean, I just, there was just a lot going on. Wow. Yeah. Jordan that's won. crazy. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So not to kind of jump too far, cause we do got to keep things moving yeah. here, but your most recent, we'll say golf achievement is, is last summer. Or I guess fall, fall, yeah. September, right? Yeah, fall. Uh, you participated in the U.S. Mid Am now, which is um, basically a age division of like the U.S. Amateurs. So some of the best. I don't know. We call them middle aged guys. I was going to say a political <laughs> correct answer would be careful, Lucas. Yeah, middle aged well, players. Yeah, what is the USGA found a way <clears throat> to eliminate get the get the guys that. Just have to, all they do is practice college. The college guys, yeah, get yep. a tournament where the college guys aren't invited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the U.S. Mid Am. Mm -hmm. um, where did you, where did you qualify for that? I actually had to go to Nebraska. Just scheduling conflicts. I had a, a wedding and work and whatnot, so sure. I went down to Nebraska. And, and so I kind of alluded to it, but this is these are the best middle aged players in in the states mm -hmm. for USGA. Um, you know. The whole tournament, I mean, it was fun to watch just because it was uh, a great location. Remind me again where they were, where you played it at. Uh, Aaron Hills. Aaron Wisconsin. Hills, that's right. Yeah. So beautiful course setup. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, long story short, you had some success there. Kind of walk us through what that experience was like, uh, maybe even compared to the U.S. Open and kind of how that differs in, in that setup. It's fun. I mean, it's a USGA championship. They take it very seriously. Both golf courses were fantastic. Blue Mound was the offsite one. Um, <clears throat> great experience. Uh, the Mid-Am is a very unique experience uh, in the fact that you see guys out there with Trackmans in tow, 
practicing like crazy. And then you see guys that are sending out a hundred emails on the driving, driving range, trying to get all their work done too. So you get kind of this contingent of a totally different, um, uh, levels of seriousness out there. Where do you, where do you fall on that, that scale? I mean, are you like, I'm here to, I'm here to win. I'm going to grind it out. Or is it like, well, I'll get up, have a cup of coffee, take a few swings and get going. Well, I don't like to lose. So, I mean, I take uh, right. that part yep. seriously, but I definitely am the, yeah, get up and have a cup of coffee and hit a yeah. few balls and <laughs> let's see what happens. <laughs> 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 I mean, I did it pretty serious for eight years. So it kind of is what it is at that point. Right. You know? And did I see, cause there was a great, uh, Nick Lackaduck was following along and he oh, did yeah. a fantastic job on Twitter, <laughs> kind of keeping live tweeting basically your matches. And did I see one of the, one of the rounds you were warming up, you just went straight for like a three iron on the range. That was your first. Oh, uh, that's first an old, swings. that's an old, uh, habit of mine. I, I grabbed the three iron. It's an, Tom Watson, I think was the one that, yeah. that kind of started this. You can hit a three iron, you can hit anything. Um, but I like a little longer club to get me loose and, It'll tell you right away if your swing is uh, matching up to what you want it to be, if you can hit that one out of the center wow. of the club face. There can't be many guys There's doing that problem. on the range. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Just walk right up to the – So uh, it's qualifiers. So 124 guys field down to 64 for match play. Is that how that works in the mid-am? Yeah, I think – well, I think there's like 250 oh, guys. Because yeah, there's two courses. courses. Yeah. yeah, so there's a, it's a lot of people. Low 64. Wow. So where'd you qualify? I was right, right in the uh, – a hair above middle 15, somewhere okay. in there, 20. But you're in the field. Yeah. In the match play field. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yep. And you're, I, I remember watching at the time or seeing it. I mean, did you smoke your first couple of opponents? Like it was not no, close. Was I don't, there a couple though that I thought you were literally seven up with? No, I don't, I don't remember no? that. Um, I, I, remember most you're of in them. the zone you don't remember yeah <laughs> i remember most of them being you know two and one okay one maybe, maybe one of them was four and three or something but they were all relatively hmm. close matches but you find yourself winning yeah and winning yeah <laughs> and the prize beyond just winning the mid-am is a trip to the tournament i can hear the birds chirping oh, me right too now. yeah i can hear jim nance augusta yeah the Masters, Josh. Yeah, that would be a fun deal. But yeah, when did that start entering the picture for you? Or did I mean, did you think about it? Or and is it just the winner? It's not first and second, right? Uh, it's is just it the winner goes just, to the Masters. Just the I think first and second might go to the U.S. Open. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Oh, so that, you, okay. Um, I don't know. It maybe towards the last few matches that I played, you know, you're like, well, you got a shot at it, and um. But it was it was such an interesting week because they had a bunch of rain. It, it got rained out for a day and a half, mm-hmm. and you know we I had one day of qualifying. I got a half a day in before it got rained out, and then I had to come back and play nine holes to get in to match play, and then go play a match like right away. Mm-hmm. And it was like it felt like it was just once we teed off after the rain delays, we didn't stop playing golf mm-hmm. until I got beat. So. It, it all kind of, ha- even though we're there for, geez, it felt like a month. Um, <laughs> it it all happened so quickly. It Didn't just have kinda, time to think about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And it should be said, we've kind of alluded it, but you made it to the semifinals, right? Yep. So yep. final wow. four guys out of what started as mm-hmm. unbelievable. 200 and some. Yeah, I mean, it's you and four others. And so we were sitting back here. 
and we were we were talking about you know let's he's gonna he's got a shot to make it to Augusta you know so whether or not you were thinking about it, like, we were we were we were talking about it. <laughs> we were able to talk about it here um, but I mean just being able to follow along and and watch some good golf and and then see see someone represent Fargo so well it was really really cool to follow along and um, just kind of lends itself to the fact of our earlier point going way back, but just the access that Fargo gives people to golf um, allows them to play at the highest level. Access and competition. There's a lot of good golfers here. Yeah. I, I don't think, I think that's an underrated thing, but I mean, there's some people that put it on the map, Amy, Tom. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Impressive. Yeah. Um, so does the, does making the semis, does that get you anything for next year's Mid-Am? Uh, I two years I can play okay. in the mid-am the next two years. Excellent, so you're automatically in the field. Yep. Oh, good fantastic. for you. And they're yeah. going. Is it Quail Hollow? Yeah, yeah. Quail New Jersey. Yeah. They don't mess around. So yeah. here's what I see: when he makes it to the Masters, we're doing a live feed. There. <laughs> right, you got to join us. Maybe Butler Cabin. Absolutely. We'll see how we can play that. Well, see if they'll allow that. That's yeah. the only way we're getting in now. After last episode and it, how hard we went on them about Scott Stallings and their mess up. <laughs> yeah, maybe they didn't listen to that one. <laughs> we thought the other Scott Stallings played it wrong. When he Did got you hear about this? You should have just showed up. Yes, yes that's we said for a practice, <laughs> practice round. round. That's Not what I would have done. Yeah, I would have called up. Hey, Scott Stallings here. I got my invite. Yeah. yeah. Are you busy next Tuesday? Can I play next Tuesday? <laughs> We're thinking he could have got at least nine holes out of it right? before somebody's like, "How is this guy playing?" <laughs> <laughs> I would have tried it. Yeah. So yeah. before we venture off, I mean, congratulations. I mean, that yes. was that was Thanks. so much fun to watch. And um, where do you think your game is as far as on a trajectory? You know, golf, sometimes we all have these peaks and valleys. Um, being around you the years I, I I was seeing you play at Fargo, I saw some of the scores you shot. Um, are you still getting better? Where do you think you're at? Uh, Seems I mean, like you putt better. You've said that to me. I putt better now than when I was practicing putting when I was trying to play. Yeah. I mean, some of that is, you know, the the pressure you put on yourself of every putt. Um matters so much more you think it matters also it is even though it's still pretty good golf there's a lot of good amateurs out there i'm I'm, there i'm not taking that away but one shot means so much more in professional golf that that eight footer that you're standing over and that you know you got to make almost every time or you're losing shots on the field you drop down 20 places if you miss that versus three you know in amateur golf so maybe some of that is the stress of, of just the pressure, right? Uh, where the putting gets a little bit better. Um, they say your peak is about 38. I'm, I'm just turning 39 here. So maybe I'm just over the hill. I've already crested <laughs> going down the other way. Um, but you know, that's why I, I look at Tom and he's 33 right now and his career is going like this. He's got five good, really good years coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah. I, they, they, everybody says 38 is kind of your your peak and if you can hang on a few years after that you're doing great yeah hey sorry boys <clears throat> sorry mark sorry, <laughs> Alex. thanks lj thanks for pointing that out no i got some new equipment coming i'm yeah, buying, buying my game <laughs> I all right up 20 yards on a seven iron that's true yeah the new equipment's coming in handy <laughs> i need that. we'll have to do a review on something like that but we're going to take our, our first and only break here. That segment ran a little long, but thankfully so. That was great stuff yep. from Josh. So you're going to stick around because we're going to get into uh, hopefully what we're known for, a little DraftKings here. So uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back.
This segment brought to you by the Sweet Shots Golf Academy. It is that time of year again. Uh, companies bringing out their new equipment. We alluded to it uh, before the break. Uh, get yourself in here for a club fitting. We've got tremendous improvements from Callaway Ping. Uh, we've got Mizuno's down there, as well as two in-house golf professionals to help you out with any lessons you might need, um, as well as a nice pup view putting green to work on putting, which tends to go by the wayside in the winter. So get yourself in here for a little lesson, Sweet Shots Golf Academy. Um, all that information is found on our website, sweetshots.com. Um, let's get better today. I, I like the, that. That was okay. Oh, just wow. come up with that. Yeah, I like right that. now. Let's get better today. I like that. You might like, want to protect that. that <laughs> I agree. That is my shirt worthy. It is shirt worthy. Well, I had snapped up when he That's said it. Shirt worthy, guys. Get better today. Let's do yeah. it. You, we're going putting after this. We're kind of like putting. Let's get better today. Love I did. It. I just came up with that. There you go. All right. All right. Get that on the wall down in the academy. This is why we do it, Josh. <laughs> you come up with ideas just like this, sitting around a table. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into get into why we're here. So we're doing a little uh, little golf news. We'll recap last week. So last week, tournament of champions, strong field, um, really interesting golf to watch. We finally got it back. I thought that was uh, good good golf to watch in Hawaii. It makes you miss it a little more. It did. I don't know what you guys thought. Yep. Yep. Uh, no cut event. No cut, which also leads to a little more fun because you see guys get a little more aggressive i think down down the line on uh, friday but um we touched on it early with our podcast um success ratio of 100 percent. tom hoagie had another great great week this week i think i saw his last six holes he went 600 in his last six holes yep and uh that made him about six hundred thousand dollars in that last six holes so and you know he wasn't even you know, when they do the snapshot of the leaderboard, for most of the yeah. telecast, he wasn't even shown on the leaderboard. And then just rocket ship up at the end. He hit a shot from hole 13. I don't know if you guys saw that. This kind of went... Out of the weeds. Yeah, kind of went viral. It unbelievable. And it was, I mean, was it chest high weeds or something like that? And he just hacks one out there to like yeah. five feet. Yep. Oh, hum. <laughs> yeah. You, LG, you touched on it. You know, you talk about a strong field there, and then you look at... Uh, segue to this coming week's event, right? Sony, mm-hmm. 19 players will be playing in this week's that played last week. Hoagie, uh, of those 19 players, Hoagie was plus six in strokes gained, highest among everybody coming over of those 19 players. Wow. Strokes gained in T to green? T to green. T to green. Everything. Yep. 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 Stroke gained T to green against the field. And then Billy Horschel is next, KH Lee, Sun JM, and Hughes. So those are those top six guys. When you look at who's playing well, strokes gained to the field. Now this week, bigger field, and you're actually going to see Hoagie go from, what, 6,600 last week on DF? He's jumping up there. I think he's yeah. like second or third most expensive. Yeah. So you're going to pay for him, but he's also in good form. So before before we get into this week, yep. this next week here, we're introducing a, a new segment. This is to put a little emphasis on... on uh, our our DFS results from last week. Yep. So we're calling it the goat of the week. So it goes to the the person with the most uh, fantasy points. And we've got our nice little um, for those watching. We've got a little goat statue, courtesy of Chuck Johnson. That's right. Yeah. And it's uh, a little goat. Little, just a little goat. 
and it makes goat noise. Is that a goat, goat noise? It's a screaming goat. It's a screaming goat. Sorry, Josh, to put you through this. Yeah. <laughs> the screaming goat of the week. Okay. Goats to the individual that's the leader, the winner. The point leader. So I'd be holding this for the last month. That's correct. This week, and I think, I, I know for a fact this week it was not me. I will not be walking out of here with the screaming goat of the week. Um, I don't know how you get I finished with uh, 666 points. That's not going to get it done. No. It was 678, 719. Yeah, that's oh, a good wow. week. So, uh, that's good. Congrats. And, and I'll return that to you. You made money. I did. So I, on the podcast, I had Xander Shopway. Last week, right? There you yes. go, but you had to be paying attention because he he bowed out with he a bad back. Questionable. Yep. I want to be want it to be known. I text you guys, even though I'm competing against you guys, the morning of, bright yes. and early, to say, yep. hey, hey, fellas, if you have Xander, make sure you you might want to edit your lineup. I didn't have to do that. I could have let you guys keep them, but so I want to win the goat the right way. You can edit midweek, like no, before right it starts, be, right before, or right before it starts. Yep. Okay. I did this right before the tournament started. I don't yep. know if either of you had Xander. I did. I did. So I, I took Xander in the podcast, and I went back when I saw that. I said, nope. Took him out, and Colin Morikawa was screaming my name, so I picked him up. Boy, did I look good going yeah, into did. Sunday. I was feeling really good. I was going to come in here. I was going to keep the scream and go to the week. Um, and uh, nice little one-under from him. The final day cost me some money and some points. So, Josh, did you watch any of that? Did you did you see? I did. He, is there any tells? Um, you know, a guy he didn't have the greatest year last year. He's working on some stuff. Did, is it? Could you see that coming that final round, or is this just golf and it came out of the blue? What's your take with him? It happens. You never know what's going on in your head when that stuff happens. And John Rahm was. I don't know. What did he shoot? 10, 11, 10 under. Yeah. He was 10 under with a bogey on one. Yeah. He three putted on one. Wow. That so, just proves no good round starts with a birdie. I'm when things start spiraling, spiraling out of control, it's tough to regain. And and he hit it in some spots that he really had to try to get himself out of. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you want to do when you have a ton of pressure. Yeah. yeah. They're that good. It's just there's – you play that great all week, bogey free, whatever, and you, you have a little slip up. You have a little, and just like well, you still that. shot like twenty four under par right. and right. lost. I mean, that's right. It's crazy. <laughs> it's Better luck next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, John Rahm shooting ten under too. That doesn't. How often does that happen? You know, um, and then you kind of alluded to it, Mark. Colin hadn't made a bogey all week, and then he makes three in a row. To all of a sudden, that that seven shot lead disappears. You yep. know, real quick. Incredible. Um, but yeah, so now, now that we've given out the screaming go of the week, we can move on. We're going to, to next week. Congratulations, Chuck. Thank you. Um, I hope I get that one week here. Maybe this week. We'll see. So Josh, just a quick, so Chuck's kind of our, he's the, he's our expert. He's a guru. He's got strokes gain numbers tattooed in places. We'll never know. I mean, he, this guy, (laughs) he's got access to data. (laughs) If right. I if I'm picking anything this week, I'm going to ask him first. There you go. What his thoughts are. Yep. Yep. He won the week. We're proving that data might. We're going to find out over the yep. body of the of the of the season mm-hmm. if data wins out mm-hmm. or you know our methods. And we'll yep. I'll share my method okay. when we get there. But I'm a little hybrid. But yeah, so we're looking forward. So we're going to. Uh, I'm going to butcher it, but I think it's Wiley. 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 Wiley Country Club. And we're going to the main main island of Honolulu. So we're still in uh, 
in Hawaii, but in terms of golf course, Chuck, and I don't yep. know what your research looks like, but yep. I've found that it, it it's almost an opposite, a mirror image of what what uh, Kapalua was, right? Shorter course, 7,000 yards, uh, par 70. Mm-hmm. The yeah, this one is flat in comparison to the to the Maui course, which was hilly and those greens were huge. This have you one's played are, here, Josh. I have. I've played in this tournament. Have you really? Yeah. Well, then let us shut up and let's hear from you. <laughs> 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 What's it going to take Jeez. to win here? Well, What's it just totally depends on the wind. Um, if it's calm, it's going to be twenties under par. If it's not, you know, you still get to that fifteen, fifteen ish under par. So wind players. Go out and watch forecasts. Just totally, yeah, I would look at the forecast because the winds can blow mm-hmm. in Hawaii, mm-hmm. 30 plus miles an hour. If the wind doesn't blow, scores will be very good. The The course is, I would say it's a lot like a Fargo Country Club style, short, old, dogleggy, yeah. and the greens are immaculate, nice and small, so That's you can make a bunch of putts. Strokes gained <clears throat> off tee is a key stat I read that they said, there's a Hitting couple some fairways. Yeah, there, you, well, you have to hit the fairways because it's usually a little firm and fast out there. Um, there's a there's a couple tight holes where you really got to drive it straight. I would just say there's you know probably four four or five holes where you just got to mind your p's and q's on yep. where you put the ball off the tee. Not so, so much a bombers. So. Right. I was going to ask. So a guy like a Zach Johnson who's past his thirty eighth mm-hmm. birthday. Yep. <laughs> they can still compete out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 At that course. That's what I recall from mm-hmm. All right. And I've seen it, course history, guys that and we kind of alluded to it. Course history, guys that have played here before tend to play well again. It's kind of just one of those courses I saw. Um Data Golf's a great website that's out there for people. There's a lot of free information. You can pay for more information. Um but what what they've done between comparable courses and then um, they also have the stat of how each course compares based on returners, how well returners played there. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- this this course is second only to Augusta National. Augusta National is first for course knowledge. For course history. For course history. Yeah, no kidding. And then it's the Sony Open That's for, for mm-hmm. course history. So it's lean heavy on that course history mm-hmm. tag. So I know, Mark, that's kind of your... That's your stats. Yeah, I like your course history. What what have you done there? And then how are you playing? Yep. And I also like this week, historically, the guys that played last, last week. Last week, yep. Coming yep. into this with course history. Now they're gold. And I so, like that. Here's a, here's a, a week of competition. Under. Right. Yep. And mm-hmm. so here's a little wrinkle because as we've talked about it, I don't know if anyone's going to pick up on it, but Tom Hoagie fits the category for both played last week, plays well, and he's got course history. He's played here a lot. He's had some success here. You almost won here. You almost won here. You should have won, right, John? I mean, he had a really good shot into that back green on 16 and catapulted into the bad side of the bunker. But, yes, mm. he had a very good chance to win. So the wrinkle this time around is is he left Hawaii, flew back stateside, went to – the football the game football or whatever game that was in yeah. LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if you call that a football he game. He could have left at halftime, though. He might be a little down in the dumps after that game. Yeah. <laughs> so I could personally, I see it going one of two ways. He's either going to mm-hmm. come back with a vengeance yeah. because he just he's fed up with it and he's going to just go out there and rifle off a bunch of birdies or between the jet lag and whatever's going on, having a great week last week. He's just, he's in Hawaii for another week. You know, what could couldn't be much worse than that. So 
Can Hello. we text him? Can we text right. him? Right. Is, that is that legal? Is that legal? How you feeling? How are you feeling today? What are, what are you feeling? Um, so that's where I'm at on Tom Hoya. Full disclosure, uh, not on my team because it's Whoa. a little up in the air for me. Okay. The TCU um, hangover is yep. what you're going to call that. TCU hangover is what I'm so going with. So you bring up something, you know, course history is huge here, but then you look at the most expensive golfer, Mr. Kim. Tom. Yep. Who's arguably probably, in the, when you look at the field, probably playing the best. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not played here before. Nope. So are you willing to take that chance? Put all your money in, on him at 10 Five. Ten five, yeah. Or are you are you leaving them off? What's your mindset there with Well without getting into course my history? Whole, is your course history outweighing the fact that he's probably one of the better players? For me, no. Um I without getting into my full lineup, but Tom Kim's on my line. I've spent the money and I went for him. You did? Okay. Um just because I think in his history, course history is not that's right. He's he's been able to play really well at first first time visits at these golf courses. So okay. I'm not too concerned with his course history. Um, and I think he's one of the better ones in there. Plus, I just love the kid. I mean, he's 20 years old. It's just fun to watch. All right. Fun to watch. So okay. Hold up some values for Josh. Josh, who do you think? I mean, we're putting you on the spot here off the top of your head, but give us a, give us a couple guys that, that, that you're high on. Can I? I think this is where I'll provide value to this conversation. I love this. <clears throat> Not in the top names that are going to play well. Mm-hmm. I would say I can throw out a couple dark horse names that like nobody it. would. Yes. Okay. Value picks. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Uh, first name that comes to mind, this is totally random, Brent Grant. Ooh. Young kid. He's just coming off the web.com tour, but he's from Hawaii. I've played with him a number of times over there. This is good. Um, <laughs> write that down. Write that down. He won once or twice on the web.com last year. He qualified for the U.S. four ball when he was like 16. His partner didn't show up. He shot 62 on his own ball. <laughs> what? <laughs> so four ball is the best ball for the yeah, listeners. That's that unbelievable. Don't <clears throat> He's like so. one of the only guys I think to ever do that. But he does not lack confidence. He's a co- confident young kid. Okay. And he knows that place I, very well because he grew up there. Maybe not on that course, but he's, I guarantee he's played there a ton of times. Love it. And that would be a sneaky, cheap pick. LJ's thinking of modifying his lineup. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> Mark, have you found him in there? No. And I'm scrolling down. I'm at 6,100. There he is. Yeah. 6,000. That's got to be the low, isn't it? So is uh, I love it. Some data on him. He's had... Uh, 14 of 29 cuts, so that must be on the Corn, corn Ferry. Yeah. Yep. Um, and two top tens must have been his All two right. wins. You said he maybe he's yep. won a couple times. I like it. Yeah. He he's yeah. you know streaky, but he can make a million birdies yeah. and he's he knows the place like and, the back of his hand. And here we're looking for a cut maker. Because yeah. this is a cut event, right? Yeah. And we want to yeah. get six to six guys in. Would take if he can make the cut, that'd be beautiful. That's six thousand. All right. I like it. What else, Josh? <laughs> Keep it going. Um, I think, you know, contingent-wise, I would say you probably – I don't know, did Matsuyama play last week? He did. He did. Didn't play well? He lost. So I, I was doing some little research on it. You know, he was trying to get his game in shape. He uh, strokes gain the putting. He was like th- minus three. And his strokes gained approach, he was actually positive. I'll take, I'll take mm. him um, night and day because – you go from Kapalua 
it's either Bermuda or that past Pelham. Yeah. Everybody was struggling with their putter. Did you see all the guys yeah. getting frustrated? Yeah. This is like, it's Bermuda, but it's the nicest Bermuda grass. It's like putting on this yeah. table. It's glass. I'll, I'll take a flyer on. Yep. Yeah. He's the defending champion too, yeah. right? Yep. You won last, last year. year? Yeah. 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 Oh, God. That, that, that three-wood shot he hit in the 18. Yes, oh, you're right. Gosh. That was last year. And on a people, I think, in the when you look at it, they, they still think his game's off to the point where they're going to shy away from him. Um, I like that. It sounds like he was hitting it better, but he just didn't get the putter going last and week. And it's like a home game for him. A okay. uh, very large Japanese contingent yeah. over there. He's like a hometown okay. favorite. There. I like it. Nice. Um, this is good stuff. This is. Might have to break every week on Tuesday, Josh. We're here if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't doesn't always work. But I'm just familiar with Hawaii. I've spent a, okay. enough yep. time there. Love it. Um, All right, that's good information. That's good. Good couple. Okay, so Chuck as yep. the is a scream and go to the week. I get to go. You're you're up first. All right, I'm 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 going with what we call uh, stars and scrubs. So I'm going couple heavyweights that are pricey. Uh, starting with with. Mr. Tom Kim. Nice. Yep. And I got Hoagie. So I'm going the two of wow. them. That's top loaded. There. I know. It wow. really is. Yep. So then reaching my cheapest guy, uh, Mr. Higa, H-I-G-A. He's three of three cuts made um, with a top 10 already this fall. So I'm base, I'm just basically going with cuts made. Yep. He's, I don't think he's played here yet. So I've got two guys right there that haven't played this course. Then I've got... Mac Hughes, Mr. McKenzie, like played last week, mm-hmm. middle of the, I think he was 20th, mm-hmm. but he's shaken off the rust. Then I've got two guys that were playing really good this fall, uh, Mr. Buckley at 7,600 and Mr. Gordon at 7,600. And he is seven top tens and he had four of them this fall. So I'm banking on those guys continuing some fall so you're kind of you're kind of recent form plus stars and scrubs. Yep. And then yep. I really think Hoagie. It's going to come down to Hoagie and Kim. And hoping well. The guys and then the cut. And these guys are cut makers. And I think those guys are going to finish one two. And you got to. Yep. I'm going with. Hopefully that's the idea. Yep. I like it. And I'll have this guy again next week. <laughs> I like it. Seems sound. We'll see. We'll Seems see. Sound. That. All right, Mark. Yeah, I. You know what? I uh, I just can't resist a couple of my picks, but I went Spieth Hoagie. Mm. You know what's speed that? Uh, Ten thousand. Okay, so yeah, he's okay, stronger in the field. Um, of course, he has course knowledge. At times, he played really well last week. Um, it, anyways, and and Hoagie we talked about, and then I just I can't. Well, before I get to my other guys, Maverick McNeely, he was a house of fire last fall. <laughs> he's trending, and and the kids really really neat kid. He played. Josh's history in Minnesota is he came up and played the uh, Ironman tournament. Do you ever play the Ironman back in the oh, day? Oh, yeah. Did you ever play him? I well, suppose he's I'm, young. Yeah, he's, I'm 20 years older than he is. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a no? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> you weren't circling back if you lost the pine and you got back and run over and play a final match against a 12-year-old. All right. So I got McNeely going. Um, I just I, – th- I, I, I like his game. Um, could not stay away from Matt Oh, there it is. We oh, called it boy. before, Angela. Oh, Lord. He played well here last year. Definitely course knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's not a bomber's track. Um, he's, he's just got to tee it up. He had, I had him on my roster. He withdrew. In Vegas. 
Too much craps playing the night before. And then uh, I went with the other guy that I, the sneaky, sneaky guy. The last time I had him on a team, it was in Mexico, and he was in the mix. Rory Sabatini. Oh, yeah. So there's a value at 6,500. And then I backed that up with another value pick that another guy that's found his game again is Aaron Badley. Oh, geez. You got three guys that are almost senior tour worthy. Yeah, at 6,400. Well, somehow be. I needed to make McNeely at 9,100, Spieth at 10,000, and Hoagie. Well, you might as well go to Quad, get KJ Choi, too, because he's in the field. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. is senior tour, champions tour. Yep. Yeah. He's in the field. No, I'm set. All right. You guys murmur and laugh all you like, but I, uh, I haven't had $200 left, Josh. Jeez, How much right. money in battle? 50,000. Badly. We talked about it last week. This is fake money, so we're not actually emptying the bank accounts here. Okay. <laughs> you um, want to pick a team? No, it's you okay. guys go ahead. I'm okay. just I'm okay. just throwing little tidbits of information. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So mine, I'm getting into mine. So like we talked about before, I got Tom Kim, 10-5, top load. Um, and then I'm going, so I did a kind of a hybrid between the statistical models that I found and kind of some gut picks Okay. based on cuts made. Um, so my next expensive, I went Brian Harmon because he played well again mm. and, uh, he's, uh, kind of fits the mold. He's been my guy. He has been your I guy and he's not on your team. I yep, thought he was no. going to be on your team, Mark. Doesn't have to hit it. It's not a bomber's deal. Nope. It just sets up. I think nice. he's going to fit in really well here. Plus he's playing well. Plus he played the week before. Then I'm going Siwoo Kim at 8,200. He's a little bit of a, a flyer, but he's put a lot of work in, in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, kind of fits that statistical model of, of, between strokes gained approach, and he's just got to get the putter. Some course history? Out. A little course yep. history in there. I don't think it's too crazy, but uh, so then here's where we start getting a little wonky because I top loaded with some of those guys there. I go into Brendan Todd, um, and that's that's a statistical um, projection. I feel better about this one because he's never missed a cut here. So he's got course history and never missed a cut here. Um, so I felt good about that. And then these last two are pretty much Gut picks plus cuts made. I've got uh, Grayson Sig at seventy three hundred and Joseph Bromlett at sixty nine hundred, um, and both of those are basically based on their points per game and cuts made. Joseph Bromlett is one of the longest hitters I've ever seen in my life. I just played with him in U.S. Open qualifying last year. Really, just bombs it. It's unbelievable. That's saying something because you can move it. It's. 40 to 50 yards difference wow. between me and him. And that's what? Yeah. Not well, to, and his is all carry. Yikes. He's going to eat this course up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was super impressed all with right. his golf game. Okay. I love it. I don't know if a bomber is that much of an advantage at this place, but yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking. Three in a row cuts made. Yep. So that's your okay. team? That's, that's my team. Okay. And uh, I'm not super thrilled with it. I've, now that Josh mentioned... I feel better. I feel better, but I think I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw together a couple ten cent fifty cent teams just to ease my mind a little bit. All right. So. Yeah, we're not wagering much in this. We're, we'd never reveal what we are, but uh, yeah. I'm gonna put in a couple extra teams this week. Me too. After and I'm this, gonna, I'm gonna go off your lead, Josh. I that's solid information. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Talking about this fellow that it bombs it. Mm-hmm. I th- I don't know where I heard this story. And I don't know if it was Tom that told me this story, but he was paired with um, 
broke his or twisted his ankle at the Masters. Tony Tony Finau. And Fargo, Tony said, Fargo, the best player I've ever played with is from Fargo, Josh Persons. Is that, have you heard this story? No, I haven't, but I've played a bunch with Tony. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. (laughs) He goes, Fargo, the best player I've ever played with. It's from Fargo. I don't know. I, think if, that's, I don't know if that's what he said, but it was something I've, equivalent I've played, to that. That's, that's awesome. You play with Tony a lot, huh? Yeah, I got a good story. He was up in Canada one year. One of the years I was up there, and um, we're on the driving range. It's me and Brandon Harkins, who's now on the Nationwide Tour, and and uh, Will Strickler maybe was the other guy. He played on the PGA Tour for one year. He's done playing. I actually saw him at the Four Ball, the U.S. Four Ball, this last year. Hmm. We're out there, and Harkins is a Callaway guy. He's got a three wood and it, one of the hot three woods that just came out and we're having this long drive contest on the, on the range with this three wood and nobody can believe how far this three woods going. And we're all trying to show off and they're bombers. So I'm doing everything I can. And I'm probably maybe the shortest one of all three of us. And Tony's on the end of the range grinding and working on his game. And he's just shaking his head at us. Like, we're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, you know, we've all taken our passes at it. He comes over and he's like, all right, guys, I've had enough of watching this. And we're hitting it past the end of the tee box onto this putting green back there. Well, he grabs a three wood, tees it up, and there's a tree, like a 50-foot tall tree right behind the putting green. And he flies it right into the top of that tree. Jeez. Wow. What? <laughs> wow. And two swings later, the three wood caved in. so he's got a couple extra gears you're saying maybe he wants it he he can do whatever he wants to but yeah i know tony i I know tony pretty well so uh, that's cool yeah that's awesome that is (laughs) that's awesome well i this has been an absolute blast to have you on i i think we need to have him on again not only for his DraftKings knowledge yeah, what, uh, what uh what other courses have you played? <laughs> that's good. Uh, this is it's been a, a great episode and uh, unfortunately getting to the end needing to wrap it up but thank you josh for taking time and, and coming out here and dealing with us for an hour oh this is great i love talking golf it's uh you don't get to do it very often so this is fun thanks for having me ben, absolutely so best of luck to you boys. Hopefully that screaming goat gets to leave uh, Chuck's desk. Not a chance. Comes to one of us here. Um, yeah, best best of luck to everyone out there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>